Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Hello. I decided to convert. Anyway, stand up. Maybe the only spirit-filled Catholic church in town. All right. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Um, Welcome all of you watching online, at home, chilling out. It's going to be a great day, so don't turn me off. As a matter of fact, call people and tell them they need to tune in right now. There's a very prophetic word that I have for us today. Uh, Every year for about the last uh, 20-some years, I spend a week with three guys that I went to college with, and I've probably shared this with you numerous times, but it's always inspiring to me when we get together, and to most people, our gathering would be the most boring thing you've ever experienced in your life. We sit around, and we we talk about God, we talk about church, we talk about world evangelism, we talk about all kinds of things going on in the world today. And this was obviously one of those uh, very, very unique times together during, at the end of a a pandemic, and I'm going to say at the end of it by faith because I'm tired of it. Um, I know Fauci disagrees with me, but he he obviously is messed up. So you're going to be mad at me for saying that, but I'm just going to tell you all something. Negativity is the rule of carnality. And whenever the world wants to get a hold of the church or the house of God, they have to make things up because this right here is complete truth. And I can promise you, God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He said, I'll go prepare a place for you that where I am, you might be also. There has to be no fear and no worry. And, and we're not trying to, to get a load of people up to go to heaven today. But let me just say this to you. I can assure you, and I'm going to say with great confidence, and I'm going to make a lot of people mad throughout the message today, but I am done with this, okay? With a 99-plus percent cure rate, we are scared to death. You ought to be more afraid of heart disease, leukemia, cancer, uh, the flu, than you ought to be of this. Go ahead, get nasty. I'm done. This, the reality of this is we, we've got a bunch of people in the pulpits playing patty cake with a pandemic. And you know what? It's real. People are dying out because of it. And, and people are dying on, in car accidents, diving out of airplanes, in airplanes, from the flu. People are dying. We're going to die. We need to stand up and say, okay, we've done what we can do. Now let's move on with our lives. It's time. You're getting up and you're going to work. It's time for you to get up and get in church. And it doesn't matter if it's Mosaic or wherever. It's time to get up and stand up and worship and lift up your voice to God. I'm obviously preaching to the choir here, but uh, I'm challenging you to say enough is enough. And you know what? You say, how long is he going to preach this until everything gets back to where God is God again? You say, well, is God not God? Listen to this stat. I don't know how accurate it is, but it's at least as accurate as everything the CDC is reporting. 33%, estimated 33% of Christians pre-pandemic of those who attended church are no longer attending church at this point. You say, well, they'll get back to it. You know, I'm not real sure. But So what does that mean for the church? That means there's a whole lot of lost people going to have a great place to sit when they get saved. Because God is not done. 
God is not finished. God is moving forward. And here's what I want to challenge us with this. There, there are several phases. I don't even know how to preach this today, to be honest with you. I got up this morning, had my sermon ready, and I'm praying, and all of a sudden, God shifts gears. And I really don't like it when he does it, but I'm just going to go with it. And if it's, if it's really a bad sermon, blame it on God. Because I'm going to do the best I can with this. Because here's the reality. Many people have identified who they are by what they do instead of who God is in them. It, it's, it's this. It's, we measure without realizing it, we measure by achievement or our achievements instead of our acceptance. So we have an identity crisis due to this pandemic. Who am I? I lost my job. Well, you weren't your job. Your job didn't define you. And you said, but, but, but I'm without money. I get all of that, but listen to me. The old saying, when God closes one door, he opens another. When a window slams, God breaks the window out of another. This is going to be all right if we will exercise faith, because without faith, it is impossible to please God. We have to stay in this. We have to fight the good fight. We have to run the race. We must possess, apprehend, and hold on to the faith that we have in God. Let's go old school. Go back to Genesis chapter 3. God had created this perfect world. Everything was wonderful. And finally, he's got this world that is so beautiful. The Garden of Eden is beautiful. And God says, but the garden without people is nothing. There's no one here to work it, no one to enjoy it. And it says, when the woman, now notice this, and this is in just quick study. He didn't say when Eve, he said when woman. She didn't have a name yet. And when God had presented all that there was to present in the garden, he presented it to Adam. So Adam's aware of everything there and why it exists. And, and God says in the center of the garden is the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The woman had not yet come to be. So women, this is a great day for you to love me. This is a great day because I am full on Mickey in your corner today. Rocky's trainer. Okay, so I'm there. And it says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good. He say Eve. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Now, Adam knew God said, you are not to eat from this tree. Now, whether Adam communicated with Eve or not, we're, we're not sure. We still see that male-female gap all the way in Genesis. Venus, Mars. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. We know God said don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because at that point, when they ate, they were forced or because of their choice, forced to have to make decisions between good and evil. The tree of life, if they ate from the tree of life, it was just going to bring life and more life and more life. And God would be the decision maker. But when we choose to do our own thing, we become the decision makers. In that moment, their will empowered sin. Now, please understand, we, we talk a lot about sin, but it was the will of man 
that empowered Satan or empowered sin. It's still the case today. That's how come when Jesus said, when he taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. He, in, he introduced us to the idea that the greatest battle we have in our world today and in our individual lives is our will to do our will. Our will to make decisions. Scripture just came to me. It's not in the notes, but it's, it's right there. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. My God in whom I trust, not my Fauci in whom I trust. Not my Bill Gates in whom I trust, and I love both your God loves you. <laughs> Whose voice are you listening to? Jesus said, My sheep know my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. It's very, very important that we get this today because the voices that most people are responding to are the voices on CNN, CNBC, and Fox. And you're told it's going to get worse before it gets better because winter's coming on and winter's going to be bad. Winter sucks every year. What's new? Certainly not the flu. But we ain't talking about the flu. Why? Because we're on the corona train. And I'm not talking beer here. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. You see, the very first pandemic is in Genesis chapter 3. The whole world was affected by the disease of self-will, which is a greater disease than COVID-19. I would much prefer... To die in the will of God, I would much prefer die worshiping God than bowing my knee to someone in Washington or the CDC telling me I'm going to die. What's new? I've known that for a long time. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, but ten thousand at ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Now, I'll be real sensitive here for a moment because I know there are people who have lost people reportedly to this horrible virus. I lost my father to cancer. I lost my mother to dementia. Their losses. Maybe it's a myth. I don't know, but I do a lot of study because I preach and I try to be as knowledgeable as I can to present to you as much truth as I can. I've read on several occasions that there is a cure for cancer but the person who found the cure who was going to patent it, it was bought by a pharmaceutical company to keep it in the vault so that you're going to think I'm way out there today and I believe in Area 51, and that may be true. <laughs> but think about this. This is a money game. And I believe with everything in me there are some awesome, incredible, wonderful doctors and nurses and medical professionals that are fighting with everything they can to help. But all the medical professions that I've talked with, several doctors and one nurse, have all communicated the same thing and they're not even friends. That the majority of what's being reported is inaccurate because hospitals get more money 
for a COVID death. I, I know this is not popular today, and I know I'm going to irritate people. It's a gift I have, and I just have to go with it. But I, I'm exhausted with hearing everybody else's story that doesn't even fear God. And it, 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 it's very difficult as a, as a Christian leader when I watch other preachers and pastors and, and, and we're playing patty cake with things we shouldn't play patty cake with. We're going to have to speak truth. There has to be prophetic utterance. There has to be prophetic voices in our land to bring truth. Thank God for Franklin Graham. People who have massive influence that are standing up and saying it's time. I promise you, whether I'm alive or not, whether it happens in my lifetime or not, there will be a move of heaven and a move of God like this world has never seen before this thing is over. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in my life on earth as it is in heaven. I want to see people smiling. I want to see people happy in the face of adversity. You don't hear Daniel appealing to the king. You don't hear Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saying, no, look, we'll change, we'll adjust. I think God will be okay if we bow our knee to you. I think it'll be okay. We'll just compromise. They said, absolutely not. Throw me in the furnace. Throw me to the lions. If God doesn't deliver me, I know where I'm going to be. But I am not altering my faith and my worship for the sake of a threat like this. You can get mad at me if you want. It's really all right. I didn't want to preach this. I had another sermon, but I'm preaching what I feel like God said preach. So I'm sorry. I usually don't play the God card like that, but I'm just telling you, I'm sitting there this morning, and it's just coming to me. The serpent is still alive, and though he's called the serpent in Genesis, he's referred to in Ezekiel and Isaiah as Satan a fallen angel who wanted to be equal with God. So if Satan himself could not become an equal with God, his next best effort was to get us to believe we could play God. Because he's cast out. So now he is not in the presence of God. We are in the presence of God, and he wants to remove people from the presence of God because in the presence of God there's joy. Once you have the joy of God, you have the strength of God. So people are fearful, depressed, and removed and isolated, which is exactly the plan of the devil because we're better together than we are apart. One puts a 1,000 to flight, two, 10,000. Strand of three cords is not easily broken. Where two or more are gathered, there he is in their midst. It's important that we understand the power of gathering. Terrible notes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. When they ate, then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked, so they sewed the fig leaves. Here's where we're going with this. They covered themselves. You know where I'm going with this. Whenever we do something wrong, the worst thing we can do is cover ourselves because God shows up and sees they're covered they got fig leaves they don't get mad at me they were not Armani or Prada now God clothed them in Armani when he saw the leaves he said this ain't working for me I'm getting you some leather up in here God didn't kill them He removed them from the place that he said originally, this is going to be your home and your blessing. But he didn't kill them. And it wasn't God's plan. It wasn't God's will. It was their will. I would ask this question, how often do we get up in the morning and simply pray one prayer? God, not my will today, but your will be done. Because when we do that, 
God will reveal his will to us. And I don't really like the will of God a lot of times. And just being honest with you, I don't like it. It requires my flesh to do something my flesh does not want to do. I recently lost a very dear friend and, and there was... There was there were some differences, not between me and him, but between me and somebody else. And, and I had to, to do something that my flesh wasn't real comfortable with. We cover it. Cover it. We clothe it with, but God, here's what they did to me. Here's what happened to me. Here's why I feel the way I feel. Look, none of, us like, none of us like to forgive people who've hurt us. Not at all. But it's the will of God that we do that. The coronavirus will never compare with the sin virus. It's killing more people every day while they live. Dead people walking. Because God is life, and He is the life giver, and minus Him, we exist. We don't live. There is no life. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as He was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord... God called to man, where are you? Now, we're talking God here. Isn't that an interesting question, where are you? You, Like God didn't know. You don't want to play hide and seek with God. He knows every hiding place. It's a waste of time. It's an exercise of futility. It's like, let's hide from God. But God, being the gentleman he is, he gives us an opportunity to say, right here. Right here. In other words, God's giving them an opportunity to make a decision because they'd eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and they had to make a decision. So God says, I'm going to treat you like you want to be treated because you want to be like me. And Satan wanted you to be like me because he's been cast out. And, and so there's never going to be an equal. He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Up to that point, God was their covering. They needed no covering. They didn't even know they needed covered because they were covered by God until they stepped out from that covering. What this pandemic has done is fear has moved people to cover themselves. I know this is not going to land well on a lot of people, but hopefully it lands well on people who say, what do I do? You step back into the covering of God and you take the attitude of Job because Job so thought God and believed God was all authority to let us live or let us die. Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Nothing else matters. When Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't an exercise of exchange. Had it been an exercise of exchange, God would have negotiated with man. And he would have had an encounter, be it through angelic beings or others, and said, If I send my son to die on the cross, do you promise to serve him? But he didn't. He said, this is not an exercise in exchange. It's an exercise in giving. The reason I've always, when Christmas has always been a challenge is because we oftentimes don't think about what we really want to give someone. We think about what they're going to give us so that we buy something comparable to the gift that they're giving us. That's not God. God says, I want to give you a gift if you never give me anything, and there's nothing you can give me that will equal what I'm about to give you. This is not an exchange. 
This is a gift. And all it says to you is, this is how much I love you. And what you do with this gift is totally up to you. And the only gift that we really have to offer God is an obedience in response to his will. This is a whole other sermon, but I'm going to give you the five points to the future. It all begins with the presence of God in that moment, in the garden, the presence. And then God gives us 66 books uh, filled with promise. But we know everything relies, everything that's going to have any eternal value relies on the presence of God. Now, there are other things that can happen, but they're temporal. But everything about God is eternal. Even our lives now are being lived for another world and another time. In preparation for eternity. And this is why the decisions that we make today are so vital now and forevermore. That we make a decision that regardless of how I feel, I will serve the Lord. I just got an article in New York. The archdiocese wanted to open up all of their diocese. You know, and I, I tell you, I love I just love people. I don't care where they go to church because you don't know the heart of people. There are a lot of born-again Catholics that when we get to heaven, they're going to be walking around doing this, and you're going to blow up if you're charismatic. <laughs> this does not bother me. What, what I care about is just somebody loved Jesus and have you accepted him. But, but Darce Diocese appealed to the courts in New York to open their diocese, their churches, and they were denied. Let me tell you all something. That is wrong on every level. This is the land of the free, home of the brave, and our liberties are gone when you cannot open the doors to a building that you paid for and purchased and worshiped the God who gave his life for you. I could be very wrong about this, but... There's been prediction that after November there could be another civil war. I, I propose this, that there's already a spiritual civil war going on right now in heaven. The, this is the greatest assault on God's church maybe in the history of mankind. I don't know that, but it feels like it. When a nation can tell its people where they can go and cannot go, where they can worship and where they cannot, when they can and when they can't. I'm not trying to instill fear. I'm just trying to instill fight. Christians have fallen prey to negotiating with a government that is no longer Christian. More babies will die this year in the womb of their mother, then will die of coronavirus. And we say nothing. Why aren't we saying something? Why isn't Fauci saying more people are dying in clinics, sterile clinics today, than hospitals? I know this is not popular, and I know how people feel. I can't stand it anymore. We're not talking about everything that needs to be talked about. We're not preaching about everything that needs to be preached about. I'd rather lose my life and my wherewithal to live than to stand before Jesus and say, I didn't say what I should have said. So I'm saying what I should say. I'm not mad at anyone, but I hate Satan with everything in my being. And the lies that are being perpetrated communicated propaganda to get us to lose our focus on the King of kings and Lord of lords. 
I want to live, but I'm not afraid to die. presence of God came into the garden. The promise of being fruitful and multiplying continued. The purpose for which Adam and Eve were put on the earth to be fruitful and multiply, to create a human race that would honor and worship God, but not because God is insecure and weak, but because God prizes relationship to the point of death. Fellowship is critical to our faith. We are not good alone. We are not good at home. We're not good locked in. We're not good quarantined. We're not good separated. We're not good isolated. It minimizes everything that Jesus gave his life for. We work up to the power of God. Our first prayer should not be, God, let me walk in your power. Our first prayer should be, God, let me walk in your presence. Because unless we stay in his presence, we will most certainly corrupt his power. And in between that presence... It's the purpose of God, which is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. To be a light shining, filled with hope in a world filled with darkness. To be like Paul, to endure the process. God, I'm knocked down on the road to Damascus. I'm blind for days. You come to me and tell me to preach this message to the Gentiles. It's not fair, God. But Paul said, I've run the race. I've fought the good fight. And I kept the faith in the middle of it. Do we only have faith that we will survive, that we will live? Or do we have faith that our presence and his presence on us in fellowship can change and affect a society? The world needs Christians now more than it's ever needed Christians. To me, it's not a foolish thing if you are pre, you have a predisposition, you're vulnerable. If you go look at history, quarantine is not for the healthy, quarantine is for the sick. And yet a whole nation of healthy people were quarantined and a minority of that nation was sick. That's wrong. You don't quarantine healthy people. You quarantine sick people, vulnerable people. And I respect people who say, you know, I'm vulnerable. Stay home. Put yourself in a safe place. But most people staying home are not vulnerable. We have a 74-year-old president who's overweight, fat. I'm just speaking it like it is today. I don't know why. And he survived, much to the chagrin of many on the other side. But but here's the reality. Listen to me. The world is dying, not because of corona. It's dying because of a lack of truth, honesty, humility, repentance. 
If my people who are called by name, my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. This is, a, this is that prayer right here. This is the hour in which we're living. This is the verse in which we're, we, we need to stand on. Please understand. At least go home and pray about what I'm saying. And those of you at home, please come and find out what I'm talking about. Listen to me. You can ask our tech guys, this was not my sermon today. That's why there are no notes on the screen. I am notorious for wrecking most people's jobs in the church. I have a history of Ronald Reagan going off script. Somebody's got to say this. And I wish it wasn't me because I am a fractured human being. And I realize the influence doesn't come with anointing in the world in which we live. It comes with perfection or perceived perfection. From men and women who have no flaws. Airbrushed pictures on Facebook and Instagram. I know some of these people. I look, you don't look that good in real life. Dear God, what app are you using? It's like, I saw you yesterday and you had a zit the size of New Jersey on your forehead. And it's not there today. And if you really want to hear another sermon, stay for the 11 because this will not be duplicated, replicated. No chance. I'll close with this or attempt to. I hope, I hope more than anything that, that you feel my heart more than you hear my words. I am so absolutely frustrated with Christians right now. I am so frustrated hearing, well, we're not coming to church because, but you're going to work. You're going to Target. You're going to Walmart. Dear Jesus, you're going to Walmart? Give me a freaking break. But I can't go to church. I might get COVID. Give, come on. Let that fly at the gates. Kind of praying Facebook and YouTube are broken down today. It's, folks, please, please. I feel like a D2 football team getting ready to play Alabama right now. That's what this feels like. It's like you don't stand one chance of going to that stadium and winning, but I'm going to play it anyway. And if I get the snot beat out of me, at least I played the freaking game. If you don't show up, you won't grow up. Stop. Stop using excuses to stay out of church. Just be real and say, I don't want to get my lazy butt out of bed and drive there. I can respect that because mine didn't want to get up either. At least come next week and tell me you're mad at me. And I'm not, I, I don't need a crowd. I preach to multitudes from India to Australia. This is not an ego issue. Thank God I don't have that much testosterone anymore. This is just an old guy saying, let's not let a virus prevent us from honoring the God that gave his life for us. Yeah. 
Now let me try to bring this in for a landing one more time. I had a gust of wind and I had to take it back up. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins, don't cover, to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. I actually cannot wait for the next service. It's going to be off the grid. I know. This is going to come with a tremendous amount of criticism this week. Um, and, and I'm okay because I've yet to be crucified, and then we'll talk. I, Jesus was crucified. I'm just criticized. And, and, and please understand. We can't, we can't continue this way. If the church does not rise up, I'm just telling you, it's not going to be pretty. We are called to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth, the voice of Jesus to a dying generation. Our children are watching, our children's children are watching, and they're drinking the Kool-Aid. I love my kids, but two of them live on the West Coast. And I'm just telling y'all, we are, we are living in an Oklahoma bubble. And if you have not left here, I was in Denver, I was in Austin, it's been crazy, and they're liberal, and they'll pull a gun on you if you don't have a mask. Exaggeration. But you feel like it. You have no idea, maybe, what's going on in other parts of our country, and you say, why is he preaching this? Because I am telling you right now, there is a spiritual MMA going on. There are no gloves. And if we're not careful, Christianity will tap out. I'd rather be choked out than tapped out. I'm not leaving the ring. And if you don't show up, you don't show up. But I've been doing this one-on-one -on -one, everywhere I go to the point Susan says, please don't say anything. <laughs> we won't have any friends. <laughs> I've got a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and that's all I need. You're here. And I guess what I'm saying is this small little army that we now have, churches all over the country are faring even worse. A friend of mine, pre-pandemic, was running 7,000 people. He said, we just broke 1,000 last weekend in a 5,000-seat auditorium in a beautiful city and a beautiful church. And one of the nicest men I know, and maybe I'll just send him this and let him preach, and they can love him and hate me. I don't know. But I grew up a fighter. It's all I know. I've tried my best to be a pastor, and I think I suck pretty royally at it. But as a prophetic voice, it's really when I'm at my best. I don't know that you build great churches with that voice, but you sure have a heck of a lot of fun watching people. I love God with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, all of my strength. And I love people with everything in me. And I just believe sometimes the best thing you can do for somebody is to tell them to do something they don't want to do and make them believe they can. Let today be the end of your fear. Get up 
and worship your God. Quit acting like he's not strong enough to take care of you. And if you die and you know him, you're not going to miss this planet one bit. I'd love to apologize and ask you to forgive me, but then that would be shaming the God who gave me the message. I just can't do that. So here it lies. I'll be here next week. I'm not sure how many of you will or how many of you will. And, you know, I could say if this was my last sermon I'd ever preached, I'd probably be smiling all the way to heaven, going, I did what you said do, God, and I leave it in your hands. But I love you, and I believe it's time for us to put our faith in the God who put his faith in us, to believe that if he gave his son, we would respond appropriately to that death and that burial and that resurrection. Let's pray. God, help. Help us all. I don't mean to disparage anyone, but this comes a time when truth has to be spoken, and I hope I've done that. I'm sure I messed it up a lot, but I pray that some of it landed right. Jesus, you gave your life for each individual. You gave your life for each community, each city, each state, and each nation on this planet. I feel like we've been at the table negotiating with demonic forces instead of commanding your promises, your word, declaring those things like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Apostle John, the Apostle Peter, crucified upside down, boiled in oil, committed to a faith, unrelenting, unmoved. Jesus, poor your biblical power, presence, purpose upon us again to the point that we would not be afraid of death if it is in line with your will for us. May we not shy away. Restore, God, each individual confidence and faith in you. May we quit excusing ourselves and covering ourselves and doing what somebody we don't even know tells us to do, that we don't even know if they know you and we're following their voice instead of your voice. I repent, God, for my part and my role in allowing things that I never should have allowed to happen as a pastor. I ask you, Jesus, <laughs> I know I'm not gonna be by any means anybody's first pick but I would ask you to do something at Mosaic that would reveal who you are to a nation and a world that desperately is looking otherwise we're just simply an assembly of people we don't want that we want to be a house of revival ask you to do that God and you can do it with anybody it doesn't have to be me but do something here, God, that would bring glory to your name, that we would believe you over CDC or any other institution, that we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, in the shadow of the Almighty. Wherever we go, you go. You cover us. We're not covered. You cover us, God. There's nothing we can do to cover us in a way that we need covered. So do something great, God. Every head bowed, every eye closed, and those of you who continue to watch on Facebook, thank you. YouTube, thank you. Please don't feel attacked, because this is not about you. This is about a demonic force 
that is injected a spiritual sedative to dull our spiritual senses to feel the power and presence of God to rise up and believe that he is our healer with every head bowed every eye closed we always pray a prayer for those of you that are without Jesus as I was so desperate at one point in my life ready to die July 16, 1977 only to be awakened on July 17th and recognize there was hope in God so I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me every one of you even if you're born again got up this morning and I said Jesus please I repent of my sin and all of my sins and I ask you to forgive me pray this with me say Father God Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I truly repent. I put my trust in you. I put my faith in you. I put my confidence in you. Knowing that you are a truthful God, a loving God, an honest God. You do what you say you'll do. Do it in me, God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to text the word SAVE to 405-513-10. Put your name. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week. and Get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Or join us online. God bless you.